right, good morning. Let's see what we got here. Good morning. Good morning. Type that into the computer there. Fritz Berger and bloodandfaith.com. It's 1029. 1029 hours. Mountain time, Colorado Springs, Colorado. And we're getting going right now because it's now 1030. Good morning, everybody. Those of you that may be there, those of you that may not be there, those of you that will listen to this later on in a recorded conversation, this is Fritz Bergen, bloodandfaith.com. We took about talk about the building of Christian nations, the resurrection of Christendom, the strength and glory of the European nations under Jesus Christ, and every other nation for that matter. Jesus Christ is literally the king of all kings. He's the king of all the kings. And the nation and the kingdom which will not serve him shall be destroyed from this time and henceforth and forevermore. Jesus Christ is literally the Lord God of every nation, every race, every ethnic group, every political organization on the face of the earth. And if he's not, if they reject him, Luke chapter 19, verse 27, bring those men to me. Bring those men to me that didn't want me to rule over them and slaughter them in my presence. There's Jesus, your forgiving, loving God. There's Jesus, the all-kind, all-forgiving, all-hugging, all-kissing, all-understanding God that you have created in your own image because that's your need. Bring these men that did not want me to reign over them and slaughter them, slaughter them in my presence, said Jesus Christ in Luke chapter 19, verse 27. Jesus Christ is literally the Lord God, the Almighty over every nation on the face of the earth. I had to record this too. I got I to gotta do this here. Time recording. All right. Now we got this recording, I think. It's really hard to tell. <laughs> Let me start that over. New movie recording. You never know here with, with the, the technical uh, uh, tributes that go on and on. Fritzberg and bloodandfaith.com. He's the ruler of every nation. And it is the goal and purpose of Fritz Bergen via bloodandfaith.com to preach the lordship of of the Messiah of God, of the Christ of God, Jesus Christ, over every nation. I don't care. Arab, Laotian, Rwandan, Swedish, Italian, it doesn't matter. He's literally the Lord God of every ethnic group. He's the creator of every race on the planet. Genesis chapter 10. Mankind all wanted to come together and all we want. Oh, let's all be one. One nation, no nations, no borders. We're all one at Babel. And God Almighty, Jesus Christ personally hated it. He hated the idea that mankind would be one. And he came down and he destroyed Babel. Jesus Christ personally intervened and destroyed Babel. He came down and he said, listen, everything that these this people would do, the imaginations of their heart, they're going to be able to do. We're going to go down there and we're going to confuse them. And he introduced a change of languages to force the different racial groups apart. And they separated based on a patrilineal racial genetic ethnic line. 
That's why the Hebrews speak Eberu, because they're children of Eber. It was in his time, the time of his sons, that the earth was split apart and the nations were distributed amongst uh, various portions of the earth. It is why when, when God destroyed the earth through the flood, he gave mankind the technology to spread across the face of the earth with boats. He taught Noah how to build a boat. He taught his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth to build a boat. Why? So that they could take that after the flood and spread out across the face of the earth and be different in separate nations. The purpose of the Almighty was not to make out of many one. No, that's that's what it says uh, on on uh, what the U.S. money. The pluribus unum from many will make one. No, God did just the opposite. The Almighty did just the opposite. He said, "From one I will make many." Acts chapter seventeen, verse twenty-six, I believe it is. From one He made many. And modern man, the modern beast says, for many, I'm going to make one. I'm going to pause right here for a minute. Could you turn the heater off? So i got that fan noise going on. We're going to take care of that. Modern man says, deploribus unum. If somebody can give me a quarter, I can, I'll read it right off to you. But what the Almighty said, no, 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 no. From one, I make many. From one, I make many. You listen to these people today and say, oh, we believe in diversity. We believe in diversity. We believe. No, you don't. You're liars. You're liars. I work for with a bunch of liars. I work for a government agency and it's full of liars. We believe in diversity. No, you don't. You're liars. You, you're, you're, it's like you're, you're taking mashed potatoes and beef and, and bananas and, and ice cream and orange juice and sticking it in a blender and hitting, hitting a button and you think you're going to make something beautiful and you don't. You make something ugly and, and tasteless and awful and horrible. God didn't say that. He said, no, no, I want this nation separate so I can have separate ethnic groups to see which race, which ethnic group, which tribe, which people, which kin, which family will serve Jesus Christ. That's why he did it. That's why he did it. It, it says it right there in Acts chapter 17, 26. He made from one, he made many to see which race and nation would serve Jesus Christ. He gave from different times and different borders and different boundaries to see which nation would serve Jesus Christ. A nation is a bloodline. It's a race. It's not the color of your passport. And these liars out there, oh, we're one, you know, no nations, no, no, you're liars. You're liars. And then you go in there and you, and you, you join their little cult and they tell you what to think and what to believe and what to say, and what you can't say, and they do everything they can to utterly erase the uniqueness and diversity of mankind, starting with what we think and what we say out of our mouths. And that's really the topic of the conversation this morning. We're in a global fight. We're in a global war. I'll be right back. i got to turn that fan off. We're in a global war. You go to Davis this week. Davis, Davos, Davos. Heard some guy used to turn Davosian, and you listen to the WEF, and you listen to what all the billionaires have to say. The great man, the great man, uh, Revelation eighteen, Revelation nineteen. The great men of the earth, the great men of the earth. All these great men. 
and they're going to watch this system fall, and they're going to be horrified. Oh, my God, there goes our wealth. There goes our money. There goes our power. And it's going to be an awful thing. It'll be an awful thing. But it'll be a marvelous thing. When God destroyed Babel the first time in Genesis chapter, I want to say it's 11. See how fast my thumb works this morning. Mankind's been trying to rebuild it. Genesis 11. Ever since the destruction of Babel in Genesis 11, mankind has tried to rebuild Babel. And he's rebuilt it in various ways and forms over the years, over the centuries. And you see these empires that rule over mankind, these pagan, evil, antichrist empires that rule over the mankind, from the Roman Empire to the Egyptian Empire to the Median Empire to the Persian Empire to the Babylonian Empire. And now we got the WEF and the UN and the Western Order and the rules-based international order, and they're all utterly, utterly, utterly antichrist. The only thing that has not been antichrist is the European uh, empires that have spread the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. The Spanish Empire brought the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Northern Hemisphere and the Southern Hemisphere, the Western Hemisphere. The Spaniards, God bless the Spanish, they brought the gospel of Jesus Christ from Tierra del Fuego, North to Colorado and California and Texas and Florida, all of Latin America, all of Central America, all of all of South America, all of Mexico, all into the southern tier of the American states. They brought the gospel of Jesus Christ to the New World. The English brought the gospel of Jesus Christ to Africa and to China. It's the English that brought the gospel of Jesus Christ to northern North America. Canada and the U.S. and even the French. It's been the European empires that have spread the gospel across the face of the earth. This is why the Antichrist and the Antichrist peoples hate the white race. Flat out. It's not because we're better looking or smarter, even though we are. Oh, I know, I know, I know. I'm just trying to wake you up, see if you're listening this morning. It's because we brought the gospel of Jesus Christ across the face of the earth. That is why Satan has the white and European race marked for elimination, for genocide. That's it. That's it. This hatred goes back to Genesis 3, chapter 15. The seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. I will bring hatred and enmity between the seed of the woman, those of us in Jesus Christ, and the seed of the serpent. Who's the seed of the serpent? You know who it is. You listen to bloodandfaith.com. Matthew chapter 3, boom, first day, first up at bat, first inning, first batter. John the Baptist gets up there and he says, you brood of vipers, you brood of vipers, you brood of vipers. Who, what, who's he talking about? He's talking about the seed of the serpent, Genesis 3.15. This is an eternal rule. It's an eternal principle. It goes back to ch Genesis chapter 3. You can't get away with it. You will not get it. It's right there in, the, in Genesis. It's right there in, in Matthew. It's right there in John. It's there in the Revelation. Not just Revelation 2.9 and Revelation 3.9, which you've heard many times, but the whole theme of the dragon. The dragon himself spitting out, spewing out water to destroy... Those of us in Jesus Christ. Destroy, to destroy those of us in Jesus Christ. What's the water? Oh, I like water. I like swimming. I like to take, no, no, no. The oceans, biblically, they're coming up out of the sea, coming out of history, coming out of the nations of the world. And he's been doing that to the Europe since 
uh, 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 2,000 years ago, the invasions of Europe from the Muslim, from the African, from the Mongol, from, from the, the uh, Turks. We're going to go in and genocide these people because it is the repository of Christianity on the planet. Always has been. Always has been. Has been for 2,000 years. The gospel left that little town of Bethlehem, left that place of Jerusalem, and it goes to Europe. It goes to Europe. This is why there's a hatred of the white and European man. Oh, I'm I'm not, but I'm not that white. I'm not either. Look at my skin. People think I'm Mexican. <laughs> my, 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 my brother was out mowing his lawn one day. Little Vietnamese gal comes up and he, he says, How much do you want my lawn? All right, bad joke. We get dark. We get dark in the sun. Who are your ancestors? Are your ancestors of those of Jesus Christ? Are you a child of Christendom? Are you a child of Christendom? Are your ancestors living? Did your ancestors live under the flag of the cross of Jesus Christ? That is why Satan and the world and the Antichrist hates European man. All right. Moving right along. The goal is to get the church to wake up. There's a war on for I love Alex Jones, by the way. I love Alex Jones. I love the, the whole title, Info Wars. Info Wars. I love the slogan, there's a war on for your mind. There is. There's a war on for your mind. And this war has been going on since the book of Genesis. God Almighty, truth itself, Jesus Christ tells Adam, don't you dare eat from that tree. You'll, in the day you eat it, you'll die. Satan comes along and he gives a counter-narrative. He gives a counter-narrative. Oh, Eve, that's not really true. That's fake news. That's fake news. That's misinformation that Jesus Christ is giving to you, Eve. Uh, the truth is, if you eat it, you're going to be wise. And you're going to be able to choose for yourself what you want to do. You don't have to listen to that dude, Adam. You don't got to listen to him. You don't got to listen to that, that dude, Jesus. In fact, you don't even have to listen to me. You don't have to worship Satan. You can be wise. You can make your own decisions. You can do what you choose to do because you're going to have the wisdom of God himself. Eve said, oh, that's a good idea. She went counterfactual. She went with the misinformation. She went with the misdirection. She went with the counter-narrative. Disinformation, fake news. The battle for fake news is as old as creation. It's as old as the Garden of Eden. And where's the church in this? Oh, yeah, where's the church? Where are the pastors in this? Where are the pastors in this? Where are the pastors in this? Well, they don't want to get anybody upset. They don't want to disturb anybody. They don't want to make anybody um, offended. I don't want to offend anybody. Oh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about offending people today. Yeah, I'm hoping I've got your gall just a little bit. A couple little things I've said. Uh, if you want your, your, your gall stirred up a little bit, man, I'm telling you, read the Holy Scriptures. Read what Jesus Christ said. Go read what the prophet said. Not just as an example, but read what they actually said. And it's 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 sparky, it's sparky, and I I, I yearn for the church to be sparky again. The, the church is is basically it's it's oatmeal with no flavoring. It's it's lukewarm oatmeal with no honey or brown sugar in it. That's what the church is today. Come get your mush, and people say, "Oh, I love that mush. I want I want some flavorless oatmeal with no salt in it." No sugar in it, no honey in it, no raisins in it. Just I just want that plain, lukewarm oatmeal. 
because nobody's going to get offended by it. It's neither love nor hated. And you go in there and you get your dish of oatmeal every Sunday morning, and you go out there and you try to get other people to eat the oatmeal, and people say, I don't want anything to do with your oatmeal. I want nothing to do with your oatmeal, your little Christianette. And, and it's funny, you get these giant mega churches, and they're, they're, they're serving up oatmeal with maybe Fruit Loops on top. And, and then we wonder why we as a church, I'm speaking of myself as well, live in a society that is utterly morally bankrupt, spiritually bankrupt, is becoming intellectually bankrupt, is becoming physically bankrupt, and we are on a path of self-destruction. Who's the salt and the light of the world? It's supposed to be the church, and if it's not the church, it doesn't exist. It can't exist. It won't exist. Without the church, all is destruction. The theme this morning is the battle for your mind. The theme this morning is fake news. The theme this morning is censorship. I touched on this this last week in my podcast. Satan goes to Eve and he says to Eve, you're listening to misinformation, you're listening to fake news. Here's the truth. The truth is you can eat that tree. You're not going to, surely you shall not die, but you'll be like God and you can make your own decision. You don't have to serve that crazy dude, Adam, that fundamentalist Adam. He's trying to be the boss over you. You don't have to serve Jesus Christ. Look at this garden. You can go do whatever you want to do. You don't have to serve me. It's the same theme for 2,000 years, and the church has decided to not be engaged in the war for your mind. The church has decided that it wants to serve up lukewarm oatmeal without salt, without honey, without sugar, without anything in it. Don't want to offend the Antichrist. Don't want to offend Satan. Don't want to get in an argument with the serpent in the garden. That's too controversial. I don't want to argue with it about anything. I'm just going to say just the basic stuff. And the basic stuff, I don't know, did Jesus say the basic stuff? Imagine how many followers Jesus Christ could have had if he, if he had not had said, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Imagine that. He literally drove people away. He literally drove people away. Eat my flesh and drink my blood, he said to his disciples. John, first few chapters of John. And he said, you're insane. You're nuts. And they turned around and they left. Jesus looks at his disciples and says, hey, you can go too, man. You can go too. Go right ahead. Eat my flesh and drink my blood. They'd already got kicked out of the synagogue, Those the 12 by then. They already got kicked out of the synagogue. They had nowhere left to go. When you get kicked out of the synagogue, people think, oh, you know, First Baptist Church kicked me out. I'm going to Second Baptist Church. No, 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 no. You get kicked out of the, the synagogue, you no longer can work in society. You can no longer run a business. You can no longer rent your house to other people. You can no longer uh, rent a house from other people. You're, you're banned from society. You're deplatformed. You're depersoned. You're demonetized. Getting kicked out of the synagogue 2,000 years ago is to be deplatformed, depersoned, demonetized, demonized, branded with the big A on your forehead head if you're, if you're listening to, if, you, if you're into uh, uh, two century old American literature. That's what getting kicked out of the synagogue is. We, have, we get kicked out of the synagogue today. We have the same thing today. The same thing goes on today in 2024 when people get kicked out of the synagogue every day and the church thinks the Bible has nothing to do with society today. It's really quite astonishing. We, it, it's not even a matter of imagination. The, the Bible is eternal. Matthew, Mark, Luke, 
John, acts are eternal. They're forever and ever and ever. They will never go away. You want to know about society in 2024? Read the book of Acts. Read the book of Matthew. Read the book of John. Read the prophets. Read Genesis. Read the Revelation. Read them all. They got, they had already been kicked out of the the, the, the synagogue. They already been demonetized, deplatformed, depersoned. They look at Jesus and said, "Jesus, we would, we really would leave." This is what they said. This is what Peter said. We would, Jesus, but we ain't got nowhere else to go. We got nowhere else to go. We've already been kicked out of everywhere. We've already been depersoned, deplatformed, debanked. Had our had a, 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 there's you go read on online. There's people out there that there were, even their wives get get. Uh, their visa cards get canceled because they're married to somebody that has ideas that the bankers, the international bankers, don't support. Very interesting. Funny how things haven't changed in 2,000 years. Haven't changed in 3,000 years. Haven't changed in 6,000 years. There's nothing new, people. There's nothing new under the sun. The Bible applies to 100% of everything we would think and do and say in our societies. And one of the greatest tricks of the devil... And a willing and compliant church is to agree to a false narrative that somehow the Bible has nothing to do with the real world. The church has agreed to that. They've submitted to that idea in order to get along with the Antichrist that they don't believe in. The church believes in an ever-coming Antichrist. The church believes that the Antichrist is coming someday. Someday. Someday the Antichrist will come. But he's not here now. So we don't have to worry about him. We don't have to fight him. We just have to know he's coming. It's good enough. Someday the beast will come. But the beast is not here now. And and it's and all that's not true. Biblically, it's not true. It's not Fritz's opinion. The, 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 the epistles of John. The Antichrist is already here now. The epistles. The Antichrist is already here. It's already here, my friend. Now, if you want to believe in a future Antichrist, that's fine. I can flow with that. I can live with that. But here's, here's where I'm coming from. If you can't fight the Antichrist of today, you're never going to fight the Antichrist of tomorrow. If you've been deceived by the beast and the Antichrist of today, you're not going to fight the beast and the Antichrist of tomorrow. If you submitted to the beast of today, the world empires of today, the narrative of today, the banking system of today, the powers of today, the Antichrist of today. You ain't going to stand up to the beast and the Antichrist of tomorrow. You're not going to do it. You're not. You're not. You don't wake up and suddenly become a different person because, no, it's a forging of character over your lifetime. And you set down patterns. This is why it's so important for the young people to serve God. What kind of furrows are you going to make in your soul? When, when you're farming a piece of land, you go out there and you plow up that land and you make furrows in the earth. What kind of furrows are you going to make in your soul? What kind of furrows are you going to make in your heart at a young age? Because it stays with you for your lifetime. Oh, I know you can be 40 and 50 and change. But you know what? Not many do. And it's the same with the church, same with the Christians. Now you're 40, now you're 50, and change is a lot harder. It's a, it just, it's a lot harder. So we got an Antichrist and we got a beast of today. And where's the church? Serving up lukewarm oatmeal. 
lukewarm. Oh, it can't talk about the issues that, oh, no, 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 we're not going to be political. Oh, how about that? How about that for a, uh, a coup by Satan and his children in his synagogue? Church, you go play church. Here's your little sandbox. It's eight feet by eight feet. We're going to put some nice sand in there, and you go have your church. You go bang those drums. You go clap your hands, and you have seminars about Revelation and about the Antichrist and about the beast that's coming in the future someday, someday, someday. But don't you dare step out of that sandbox and f- start fighting the evil of today. Oh, we'll let you out. You can go out there and, 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 and feed some hungry people. And we'll let you sign up to bring in illegal aliens into America, and we'll even pay you to sponsor illegal aliens because that'll make you a good little Christian, a good little Christian. Oh, what would Jesus do? He would feed the poor, and we will help you invade your white and Christian nations with with antichrist races that serve Allah. Oh, yeah, we'll let you do that. We'll make you a part of our system, and, and we'll give you money for that. But don't you dare speak against our narrative. And so the, the, the narrative of the Bible is diametrically opposed to the narrative of those who would control the world today. The WEF, the UN, the globalists, the George Soros, the Bill Gates. The, uh, 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 you don't even hear about this anymore. The, the, the World uh, Evangelical Club, whatever these world Christian groups are. <clears throat> we're not like that guy at bloodandfaith.com. We're not racist or sexist or homophobic or transphobic or queerphobic or intolerant or divisive, and we're certainly not anti-Semitic because we know the Jews are God's chosen people. And here I and here's the here's the blood and faith guy contradicting every one of them. And the only thing I'm trying to do is go to the church and say, look, here's the scriptures. Here's literally what Jesus Christ said. And if the church is not contradicting the narrative of Satan, is not contradicting the narrative of the synagogue of, of, of Satan is not contradicting the world. Uh, we got a problem, and we got a big fat problem. We got a big big fat problem. Davos comes out. World Economic Forum comes out this week and said our number one goal for the next few years is to control what everybody says and think. That's what they said. Ursula von Leyen comes out and said our greatest threat is not war. It's not famine. It's not climate change. It's not a monetary crisis. It's not diseases. It's not COVID 2.0, COVID 3.0. COVID. It's, it's, it's combating fake news. It's combating a misinformation. She said it out of her mouth. Those were the themes at the World Economic Forum this last week in Davos, Switzerland. And they're going to figure out ways to, to, to crush the counter-narrative. What is the counter The counter-narrative is the Holy Scriptures. The problem is the church is already submitted to the rules. You can't say this and you can't say that. You cannot say this and you cannot say that. You can't say that. That's racist. You can't say that. That's homophobic. You can't say that. That's divisive. You can't say that. That's intolerant. And the church just folds. Oh, okay. Okay, well, we want to be good little Christians, so we can't be... And they try to obey Satan's rules. All right, and a man comes out and said, hey, you know what? Global unity is not the purpose of God. Global division is. Separate races, races and nations are the goal of, uh, of Jesus Christ. Per Genesis chapter 11, per Acts chapter 17, verse 26, to see which race will serve God. See which race will serve Jesus Christ. Same with families. I got some families in my, my neighborhood. I love these families. They're wonderful families. 
But you know what? They got their home. I got mine. I don't share my wife with him. Don't share my kids with him. I don't cut holes in my fences to just let everybody wander around. Even when the other cats come around, the cats start fighting. Saying, this ain't your home, baby. This is my home. And they're out there doing a little cat fight this morning. That You don't belong here. This is mine. We can live in peace. You stay on that side of the fence. I'll stay in mine. Why? I don't. Because God is the God of diversity. He's the one that loves diversity. He didn't say no nations, no borders. This What I'm saying now is counter-narrative. If you bring everybody together in a multicultural, multi-ethnic, multi-religious, diverse and tolerant society, you get the Antichrist ruling over you. That's, that's the lesson of history. That's the lesson of Genesis 11. That's the, that's the lesson of the book of Esther. That's the lesson of today with the WEF and the UN. We want everybody to come together, one set of rules, And if the church is doing its job, and if the globalists get their way, if the new Babylonians, if Babylon the Great gets its way, any legitimate Christian will be strung up, crucified, jailed, burned, murdered, genocided, sawn in two, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 38. Is that what y'all are waiting for before you wake up? Because it's coming. Is that what y'all are waiting for? You want it to get harder before you wake up? Okay, that's fine. I, I grant you thy wish. It's going to get harder and harder and harder and harder. The problem is, if you don't practice it now, you're not going to wake up being brave in the future. Maybe you will. Some will. I, I, I'll be honest. I did late in life. I woke up late in life, realized what was going on, and, and decided yeah, it's time to swim against the current, including the current in the church. Some will, and, and, and the pressure and the heat will continue to come. It will build until a certain portion of the church breaks with the dominant narrative, breaks with the horror of Babylon, breaks with the theme of a new Babylon, of Babylon the Great, which goes right back to the Babel of Genesis chapter 11. It said, no, we're not doing this anymore. I'm not going along with this anymore. All right, let's talk about Jeremiah. But first we're going to talk about the Pharisees. The Pharisees have never gone away. The scribes have never gone away. The Pharisees are the smart people. Okay, they're the elite. They know what the truth is. They lead society. They guide society. They direct the, the, the social amores and what is expected out of you. John chapter 7, verses 48 and 49. Here's this interloper. Here's this false news guy. Here's this fake news guy. Here's this counter-narrative guy. Here's this guy that, he's, here's the bomb thrower. I love that term. Oh, you're just a bomb thrower. You're just trying to be, throw bombs and be dramatic. Yeah, well, Jesus Christ was a bomb thrower. Jesus Christ was the one that said, eat my flesh and drink my blood, and he drove them away by the hundreds. <laughs> Jesus Christ is the one to come out and said, I am the Son of God. I am the Son of God. He's the bomb thrower. Jesus Christ is the one that came out and said, hey, before Abraham was born, I am. Jesus Christ is the bomb thrower. He's the original bomb thrower. So they sent some dudes to go arrest Jesus, and they came back and said, we, we never heard anybody speak like this guy ever. This guy is something else. Pharisees looked at him, and he said, no one of the rulers, 
or the Pharisees has believed in him, has he? But the crowd that does not know the law is a curse. They set themselves up as the be-all, the end-all, the know-all, the experts, the dominant narrative, the keepers of truth, the respectable people, the beautiful people, the rich people. Have you seen any of us believe in this stuff that that blood and faith guy is teaching? And it's not just me. I'm not the only one saying what I'm saying. I'm not the only one. There's a lot of other people saying what I'm saying. We're a small community, but we're out there. And we're making a difference. Unlike the oatmeal crowd, unlike the lukewarm oatmeal crowd, who's not making a difference. If we as the evangelical church were making a difference, you wouldn't have tranny story hour in your kindergarten classes. Let's be honest. At a certain point, we've got to be honest with ourselves and say whatever gospel we're preaching is worthless because society's gone to hell and our message and our churches and ourselves have been cast out like flavorless salt and trampled under the feet of men while our parishioners' kids and grandkids come home and now they're trannies and homosexuals and they got pink and blue hair. Come on, let's be honest with ourselves. Our message has failed because we don't preach the full counsel of God. We don't. The evangelical church is literally ashamed of the words of Jesus Christ. And, and that's from Genesis to the Revelation. Not just John 8.44, not just Revelation 2.9, not just Revelation 3.9. Matthew 12.34, Matthew 23.15, Matthew 23.33. I could go on and on and on and on and on. Genesis 3.15. Oh, we're all the children of God. Well, that's not that's not what Genesis three fifteen says. Now, does it? It says there's there's the devil's got kids and Satan's got kids, and the church has got a new gospel. We're all under. We're all God's kids. We're all the children of God, and it's a lie. And the church has preached a lie. So here today, we've got all these smart people saying, you know, stop being divisive and, and racist and, 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 and offering up misinformation and false news. Do, do any of the smart people believe that? No. Same thing the Pharisees said 2,000 years ago. They sent the guards to go arrest Jesus. And they came back and said, we've never heard anybody speak like this. And they said to him, have you ever seen any of the rulers or the Pharisees believe in him? Well, no. So which side are you going to choose? All right, Jeremiah. Jeremiah is my favorite prophet. Now, you, you may say, why, Fritz? Certainly, Isaiah would be a better prophet to like because he didn't have hard times. I know, I know. Strange, though. I like Jeremiah. I'm attracted to Jeremiah. His life speaks to me. He had a, he had a, he had a miserable situation going. He had a tough time. So Jeremiah chapter 17. Verse 27, Jeremiah's prophesying. Who's he speaking to? He's speaking to the leaders. He's speaking to the political leaders of his society and the religious leaders. of it's, it's all in politics and religion. It's all the same. If you believe they're separate, then, then you've believed the lie that Satan has proposed. He says, okay, you, you do your little religious thing in, in your eight-by-eight-foot sandbox, and we're going to go do the real world. That's the lie that Satan's put out there through his children, through his synagogue. You go do your little, little, little religious thing, and we'll, we'll give you a tax write-off to do your religious thing. Just stay in your sandbox. And, and you, can't dis, you can't 
uh, extract truth from politics or morality or law. You cannot. So Jeremiah comes along, and he speaks for God. He says, but if you don't listen to me, me being the Almighty, Jesus Christ, to keep the Sabbath day holy by not carrying any load coming in through the gate of Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. By the way, the Sabbath day is forever. When's the last time you heard that in the church? The Sabbath day is forever and ever and ever. We ought to have laws in the books today in every part of Christendom and the children of Christendom outlawing business on the Sabbath. Shutting down everything but the absolute, maybe you know, keeping the hospitals going, and that's about it. There's no business on the Sabbath. Shut down Target. Shut down Walmart. Shut down the gas stations. Shut them all down. Through the gates of Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. Oh, but that's like, no, no, no. The Sabbath came in, in during creation. Before the fall. The Sabbath day comes in when creation was perfect. Before the fall, there was a Sabbath day. He rested on the seventh day. It's, it, it, it predates the Ten Commandments. It's eternal. In a perfect, unfallen world, there's a Sabbath day of rest. And if you don't honor the Sabbath, you nations, United States, Canada, Australia, Great Britain, Scotland, Ireland, Wales, New Zealand, El Salvador. I love that name. I lived in El Salvador. I love that name. El Salvador del Mundo. The Savior of the world, a country named after, literally named after Jesus Christ, El Salvador. Then I will kindle a fire in its gates, and I will devour the palaces of Jerusalem, and it will not be quenched. All right? Oh, you're, you're preaching politics. You're getting involved in politics. You're telling society what, the, what your, their, 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 their social politics should be. What they're you're meddling, you're meddling. Why? Who are you, church, to go out and tell society and impose society your narrow-minded morality on us, telling us we ought to keep the Sabbath? Not everybody believes like you do, Mister Bergren. Jeremiah is listen. He said this will be the the national policy for this country. You're going to obey the Sabbath as as a nation. Well, who are you to impose your narrow-minded morality and your little narrow-minded religion on us? Jeremiah did. Preacher, Jeremiah did. Preacher, Jeremiah did. Where are you? Where are you? How come not, you're not putting the heat under them? Well, we just, you know, we're just trying to save a few. So Jeremiah did. You better than Jeremiah? Am I better than Jeremiah? Do I have a choice? If Jeremiah didn't have a choice, he had to say what God said. How, how about you and I? Do you think Jeremiah chose his messages? Do you think Jeremiah woke up one day and said, you know what, I'm going to be a bomb thrower? you think that's the case? Well, let's go stir something up because I'm bored. No, no. Jeremiah's like, look, this is the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord is saying. This is what it is. And if you don't honor my Sabbath, I'm going to burn your palaces. Oh, oh, you're an insurrectionist now. Oh, Jeremiah, the insurrectionist, he is threatening us. He's threatening kinetic violence on the political leaders of this country. J6 or J6, I'm telling you, nothing's changed since the creation of the world. And the church will go out of its way to avoid saying things that will offend the political powers because they're going to be accused of being an insurrectionist. Well, Jeremiah was a bomb thrower and an insurrectionist. 
He told the political leaders, your houses and palaces will be burnt down. You don't turn this mess around and, and reestablish a Sabbath day for this, this political unit called the, the nation of Israel. You're out of your sandbox, Jeremiah. You need to speak, you need to stick with, you know, seminars on inner healing and deliverance and six ways to pray and how tithing will make you rich and the last days. Jeremiah didn't pick his message. Jeremiah did not pick his message. He said what he had to say at great personal cost. Oh. Yeah, let's talk about that. Imagine, oh, I just want to build my church. I just want to get hundreds of people saved and have them all come. Jeremiah's out there. He's throwing bombs. He's being divisive and intolerant. He's threatening the political system. He's telling the rulers of the country, your house is going to burn down if you don't make this change. Oh, he's an insurrectionist. He's divisive. All right, let's continue. Fake news. Jeremiah 36. And this is where I cry and I weep. And, and, and Jeremiah, as the word of the Lord, he writes it down on a scroll. They take the scroll to the king. The king takes that scroll. He cuts it with a knife and he throws it in the fire because it's wintertime. He had a big fire going on. This is not any different than the WEF, World Economic Foundation. This is not any different than the people crying against fake news and misinformation. It's the same thing today as it was 3,000 years ago. Nothing is new. Same thing today as it was in the Garden of Eden. Nothing has changed. Nothing is new. And for some reason, the church can't see it. You know why? Because they've practiced the principle of submitting to the Antichrist already. They practiced the principle of submitting to Babylon the Great already. They practiced the principle of listening to what the synagogue of Satan has said. Or they've practiced it so much for generations now. For generations, the church has practiced the principle of not offending the Antichrist and the beast. They can't even imagine saying something that might offend the Jews or the political system or the Democrat Party or the Republican Party or those that are the elite. Well, we're just trying to save a couple souls then why did Jesus go out and say, eat my flesh and drink my blood, if he was trying to get a message out there that would reach the masses? Why did he do that? Eat my flesh and drink my blood. Oh, that's a, that's a real crowd winner there, baby. You're just going to, man, they're going to knock the doors off your church trying to flood in. Eat my flesh and drink my blood. If you want to follow me, you're going to die a slow and torturous death on the cross. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, boy, we're going to fill up the church this Sunday. We're going to fill the church up this Sunday. If you don't hate your mother and father and brother and sister for my sake, you're not worthy of me. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Ooh, revival. Revival. All right. Keep going. So the king, he just went to Davos. He just heard all the little seminars on uh, uh, countering misinformation and fake news. So he takes the message from God and he cuts it with his knife and he throws it in the fire. There's nothing new, guys. There's nothing new under the sun. Same thing 2,000, 3,000 years ago as it is today. Fake news. 
What did the Pharisees, what did the Jews tell the apostles? Speak no more in this man's name. Fake news, false news, fake narrative, misinformation. What did the devil say in, in the Garden of Eden? Fake news. Got what God says is not true. It's not true. No, no, no. No, I'm wiser and smarter. Just take, eat the tree. You'll have the same knowledge of God. You can make your own decisions. We're a free and libertarian nation. You don't have to serve the devil or God or Adam. There's nothing. This has continued on for 2,000 years. And that this is the battle that the church was created for. This is, the, this is why there are preachers and teachers and apostles and prophets and evangelists. This is why we exist for the battle. For the, it's the war on your mind. It's the battle for the narrative of truth. It's the fake news. It's the misinformation. This is why we exist. And if we submit willingly and self-censor, we are good for nothing. We become flavorless salt, and we're good for nothing to be tossed out and trampled under the feet of men. And that's the condition of the evangelical church around the world today. It's not because the devil made us do it. It's because we have self-censored. We, as a church, have self-censored. We're not going to say things that the Antichrist and the beast disapproves of because we've taken these man-made narratives, these man-made precepts, these man-made ideas, and we said, well, we can't be divisive. We can't spread hate. We can't be controversial. We can't be intolerant. We can't believe uh, what Genesis chapter 9 says and Genesis chapter 10 says and Genesis chapter 7, we, let alone talk about the creation of the world in six days. Oh, God, we could never do that. Oh, we, we just, we won't have a church. I don't want to be a, we will, we'll just be fundamentalists and extremists like they talk about. And oh, no, we, we can't do that. And this is where I weep. I cry. I said, we have glory, literally glory in front of us. We would open up our mouth and say what the Holy Scriptures say. We have all the glory of eternity if we would open up our mouth and boldly and very proudly, very proudly say what Jesus Christ said, whether he said it out of Genesis or he said it out of Matthew, or John 8, 44. And put it in their faces. Put it in their faces. Say, no, the world was created in six days, and God rested on the seventh. And the seventh ought to be a Sabbath today in the United States, in Washington State, in the state of Colorado, in the state of Florida, and in New Zealand, and everywhere else. You can't impose your narrow-minded religion. Oh, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Oh, yes, I can. And I'm going to. You're, 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 you're making my kids go to tranny story hour? Oh, yes, I can. Right back in your face. You're teaching this de the anti-white hatred in your government agencies. Oh, yes, I can. I can oppose my morality right back at you. We're going to come back at you twice as strong. We're going to come back at you twice as and we're going to make laws making homosexuality illegal. We're coming right back at you. We're not going to submit to you because you're going to approve of us if we submit to you. No, no, no. I don't need Satan's approval. No, you're right. I'm not a good Christian. I'm not a good church. I'm a bad church. I'm a bad Christian because you know what? I defy the Pharisees of today and the chief priests of yesterday and the synagogue of Satan today and the Weffers and the UNers and the Rhinos and the Democrats and the other Antichrists out there. Moving along, Jeremiah. So Jeremiah said, okay, all right, you're going to censor me? You're going to shut down my fake news? You're going to shut down my information? And he tells the scribe, he says, go down, write the same thing again. Here's the words again. 
write it again. He didn't give up. Well, I tried. I tried my best, and it was misinformation in this band, so I'm just going to give No, no. Nope. Jeremiah said, write it down again. Write it down again. Don't give up. Don't quit. This is a battle for the narrative. The goal, the, the job of the church is to control the narrative in society because either Satan will control it or the church will control it. Either the synagogue of Satan will control it or the church of Jesus Christ will control it. Either God will control it through his church or Satan will control it through his synagogue. Though it's a binary situation. It's always been, it's been binary since, since the Garden of Eden. Satan offers you a third path. Satan has always offered a third path. Oh, you don't have to listen to God. You don't have to listen to me. You don't have to listen to Adam. Satan always offers a third path. There is no third path. It's binary. It's Christ or Antichrist. And I've tried to moderate my commentary at bloodandfaith.com by stopping. I don't speak of conservatives and liberals anymore, Democrats and Republicans, socialists versus uh, traditionalists. No, it's Christ or it's Antichrist. That's it. There is no third path. There's no third libertarian path. It does not exist. It's Christ or it's Antichrist. Satan came along in the Garden of Eden, offered Eve a third path, the libertarian alternative. You're smart enough to figure it out. That's the path of Satanism. And all the world empires said, hey, listen, you can have whatever. Roman Empire is a great example of this. I know, I know. I'm chasing rabbits. But it's, it's good stuff. Roman Empire, in fact, the, the, the Babylonian Empire said the same thing. Listen, listen to this. If you remember your Roman history, what did they say? Listen, you can be a Jew, you can be a Christian, you can be a whatever, astro, doesn't, doesn't matter. You can believe in Thor or Odin or Zeus. But, you know, pinch a little uh, 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 incense to Caesar once in a while, okay? That's all you got to do. And you go back and worship at your little temples, whatever religion you have. Just burn a little incense to Caesar, because Caesar's, you know, Caesar's it. He's the God man that rules over the Roman Empire. And the and the, and the Christians, the few Christians that would not, they become Roman candles, Roman candles, Roman candles. And the message to them was look, just burn a little incense to Caesar. That's all you got to do. And you go on and do your little Christian thing. And they said, no, Jesus Christ is Lord. It was literally a slap in the face to Caesar saying, no, there's a, there's a man above you whose name is Jesus Christ, and he's Lord over you. And so they turned the Christians into Roman candles. Where's that faith today? Another example, you got Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Look, you can be whatever a religion you want to be, okay? All we ask is that, you know, this Saturday morning, you know, every 10 years, we're going to have a little band playing. Just come on out and, and you know, 30 seconds, bow down to the, this little thing we set up out in the desert, and then go back and go on your way. That's all it is, baby. That's all it is. That's all it is. That's literally all you have to do. We're not asking you to give up your faith or give up your religion. When the band starts playing, just bow down to it. It's a symbol of our unity. Unity is our strength. It's a symbol of we're all in this together. We're all Americans. And the cost of their life, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, no, I'm not. we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Yes, I know we're going to burn alive. That's fine. We're not doing that. Where's that? Where's that in the church? 
It's gone, man. The proof that it's gone is you got tranny story hours in your grade school. That's the proof. That's the ultimate proof that you've got it. The proof that we live in a society and they say, oh, justice and the rule of law, and you got the Epstein Island. Nobody's going, nobody's going after that. We just want to cover it up and hide it because it goes on everywhere. All right. Jeremiah throwing bombs, offering a counter-narrative, fake news, misinformation, and he outraged the Pharisees of his day, outraged the, outraged the elite, outraged the powerful. Then the officials, the officials, the officials. Yeah, we got officials today, okay? We got officials today. Then the officials said, let this man be put to death. Insomuch as he is discouraging the men of war. We're in a time of national crisis, and he's undermining the security and safety of our very nation. He's an insurrectionist, he's a traitor, and he ought to be put to death. How many times did we hear that stuff during the COVID vaccinations? If they're not going to get vaccinated, throw them in jail. Don't give them any medical care. We heard that stuff over the little vaccine. You know why you don't hear it now raging against the churches? It's because we, we've submitted. We've been quiet. Let this man be put to death in so much, this is Genesis or Jeremiah chapter 38, as he is discouraging the men of war who are left in the city and all the people by speaking such words as these. For this man, listen to me, for this man is not seeking the well-being of the people, but rather their harm. Is this not the message that's going forth from the World Economic Foundation, from the United Nations, from the Democrat Party, from Barack Obama. Remember years ago, decade ago, so we need a way to curate the news. Oh, this, is a, this is a global project that began in the Garden of Eden that continues today. The owner, only counter to this is the Church of, of God. The only counter to this is the Church of Jesus Christ. And the only source of truth is the Word of God, the Holy Scriptures. That's it. And if the Church won't speak it, we're good for nothing. And, and I posit to you that we have not been speaking the Word of God because the evidence is there. What's our fruit? The fruit is the moral condition of, of the countries of Christendom. All right, we're, we're, we're the repository of Christianity on the planet. And what's the moral condition of, of the nations of Christendom? It's tranny story hour, guys. I don't blame the devil. I'm, I'm saying, where's the church? Where's the church? Where's the Shadrach, the Meshachs, and the Abednegoes? Where's those that would speak like Jesus Christ and be the bomb throwers, eat my flesh and drink my blood? Where are the Stevens who, who go right up to the, the elite and they say, listen, you murdered Jesus Christ. He said it to the Jews. He said, you murdered Jesus Christ. Oh, you can't say that. The church is self-centered. The church is self-centered. Let this man be put to death, they said of Jeremiah. For this man is not seeking the well-being of the people, but rather their harm. Okay, they shroud themselves in patriotism, looking after the needs of the people. Same today as it was 2,000 years ago. Same today as it was 3,000 years ago. When did Jeremiah preach? I don't know. Let's throw out 586, just because that was when the uh, southern two tribes went into exile. So, so 2,500 years ago, round figures. 
Nothing's changed. Nothing changed since the Garden of Eden. Okay, then there's this beautiful story comes along. So they take Jeremiah, they throw him into a well that doesn't have any water. It's just a pit of mud down there. Oh, Jeremiah said, oh. <laughs> you think Jeremiah was just pursuing his own agenda? He goes into this pit of mud. You know who rescues him? It wasn't somebody of his own race. It was the Ethiopian dude. An Ethiopian eunuch. An Ethiopian man of a completely different, what wasn't even of Shem. A Hamitic man rescued him. A man of Ham rescued him. A man of Ethiopia rescued him. At the risk of it, literally at the risk of his life. At the risk of the Ethiopian's very life, he rescued Jeremiah out of the pit. None of his own race did. The Ethiopian comes along and he and he and he goes and he pulls Jeremiah out. This is profound. Who is Philip preached to in the book of Acts? Who does Philip preach to in the book of Acts? An Ethiopian eunuch. An Ethiopian eunuch. The Ethiopian eunuch in the book of Acts was saved because of the Ethiopian eunuch in the book of Jeremiah. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. And you and I are saved today largely because of the acts and beliefs of our ancestors who bent the knee to Jesus Christ. And I tell my kids, I said, the greatest thing that your mother and father have given to you is not your good looks or your smarts, and it sure isn't the money. It's, our, it's the faith of our ancestors in Jesus Christ that has passed down to us and is now passed down to you. That's the greatest gift we've given you. So that old Ethiopian boy, he pulls him up, lets him go. You know what the king says? I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just throwing it out there. Tell you this, this is a consistent story. You know what the king says? He says, I dread the Jews. I dread the Jews. I dread the Jews. Nothing new, folks. Nothing new under the sun. This dread of the Jews didn't get invented in the middle of the 20th century. I dread the Jews, says the king. All right. Preacher's done preaching enough. People need to go eat their dinner. Need to go get their, their noon lunch, right? So we're going to cut off here. But I'm telling you, glory awaits if we would open up our mouths and say what the Scripture says. Oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a bomb. Yes, you're going to be a bomb thrower. Get used to it. I've had people tell me, you're just a bomb thrower. That's fine. So is Jesus Christ. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. So is Jeremiah. I'm going to burn your palaces down, you leaders, if you don't start honoring the Sabbath and making laws to honor the Sabbath for this entire country. <sighs> well, that's kind of controversial and divisive. Yeah, and the church doesn't want to be any of that stuff. Fake news is as old as the Garden of Eden, and, it, and, and the church is missing in action in this war. And if we can wake up the church to say the forbidden things, we might make some progress in this world. That's it. That's all I got to say this morning. Fritzbergen, bloodandfaith.com.